There was no denying that it was going to be us over everything else. You know, that's it's great to have a big house and to have all that money, but if you don't have anybody to share it with and spend it on, then what's the point? I'd rather have no money and have my wife and my family. Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast, inspiring stories from local people and businesses you likely already know and trust. Here is your host, third generation family business entrepreneur, Renee Oswald. Hello and welcome back to another episode of East Idaho Entrepreneurs. If you're new to the show, I interview business owners, entrepreneurs, and influencers in East Idaho and learn their origin stories and all about their business journeys. We, all get, we also get to know our neighbors a little bit better and I think that makes for an amazing community. So honestly, today, I don't even know where to start to introduce my guests. These guys have such a list of businesses, I'm gonna have to let them tell you what they're doing, but you might know them as business partners in the Yellowstone Restaurant, the Union Tap Room, and 313 Whiskey Bar. So welcome Rory and Jennifer Urchel. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, we're excited to be with you today. Yeah, uh, I was um, really pleased because Rory reached out to me and uh, I don't have an opportunity to get to Pocatello as much as I'd like to, so I always love to interview Pocatello businesses and happy to be here and learn more about you guys. And thanks for coming down. Yeah. yeah. So tell me a little bit about the journey that brought you guys from your corporate world, your your education, psychology, psychology? Clinical psychology. Yeah, clinical yep. psychology world to the to the Yellowstone restaurant in Pocatello. So I'll, I'll take you way back, uh, kind of, to the beginning, I guess. Uh, both Jen and I are from Minnesota. I'm from northern Minnesota. She's from St. Paul, a suburb of St. Paul. And we met in Fargo-Moorhead going to college. And I started doing an internship for Cable One, the cable company right. at the time in the marketing department. So I have a degree in marketing and business management. And uh, my senior year, I, I got in with Cable One. I did an internship. When I was done with the internship, they hired me on uh, for the rest of my school term. And then when I was done with that term, then they hired me on full time. So they Jen and you. I lived in Fargo for three and a half years. And then I was promoted to a marketing director within Cable One, but it was in Norfolk, Nebraska. Okay. So we moved to Norfolk, Nebraska, and we were there for about three years, three and a half years as well. Cable One bought these Idaho properties and we said we wanted to go out west so uh our call up my divisional manager at the time and said i you know we want to go out to the out to idaho and we chose to come to pocatello so we came here in 2001 for the first time and that was with cable one i worked for them for about three years we started having children uh, i left cable one to help start a wireless broadband company uh, with a group of gentlemen out of Las Vegas, but I was here in Pocatello. So can I stop you for just a second, Rory? So when you were with Cable One, did you feel like that was going to be your career? Is that where you kind of thought you saw your your life? Yeah, I did. I did think that that was where I was going to stay was with Cable One. I mean, they're a great company. Yeah, you and had all success people, with Oh, that. yeah. And all the people there that I worked with were fantastic and wonderful, and they really took care of their people. and. I was up for a general manager's job and I got passed over for somebody that had more experience than me. Can Dang you imagine that? Yeah. And I was, I don't know, 30 years old or something like that. And I, I felt a little uh, disgruntled. But clearly I, ambitious. You were yeah, thinking that this was, you're going to be your role. I thought that that was going to be where I, you know, that the next step in the process. Yeah. And, uh, so I got passed over for that job and I, I, I wasn't very happy. And I think that was just, I didn't have the patience and I didn't understand that at that time. I just was really angry and thought, how could they do this to me? You know, I worked there, but in all reality, everybody told me, just be patient, wait, yeah, it'll, come. You'll, it'll come, you'll get to where you want to go. You just need a little more experience and a little more time. And I didn't understand that at, at that point. So uh, I saw an ad in the paper for this company that was opening up this wireless broadband company. Um, and pro providing wireless broadband services. And this is probably in 2002 or 2003 or something like that. And uh, I jumped at the chance, right? Because now I'm like, I'm gonna show cable one, you know, I don't need those people. So- Were you still in Pocatello at this time? I'm still in Pocatello, yeah. So mm -hmm. I joined this group of uh, 
folks out of Vegas, and I think I was like the 13th employee, but the first one that was remotely removed from them. So we built a wireless broadband network here in Pocatello, and then one in Idaho Falls and Grand Junction. So we just kind of created this cookie cutter type of system and went from town to town to town. Um, because that was a startup and it was really, uh, you know, money would come in and money would go out and you needed a lot of investors and that sort of thing. I got a little nervous when money got tight and I got scared. Again, I wasn't... Right, because you have children at this point yeah. that you're, you're trying to support a family. And I was still in that uh, traditional job, yeah, you know, you were an safety employee. net and mm -hmm. everything. I was an employee. So I, I felt like, oh man, you know, if this doesn't work out, what am I going to do? Because they pay me pretty well here right. for Pocatello. Mm -hmm. And I'm, how am I going to replace that income, you know? Uh, Jen at the time was staying home with the, with the children, but started her own thing, which we'll let her get into that here, which kind of leads us to here. But I, I got a little bit nervous and I happened to be looking at a couple different career uh, websites and stuff and saw that there was a, a, a vice president of marketing for a communications company based out of Shawnee, Oklahoma. Oh, okay, yeah. So after, you know, we had been here for seven years, I spent half the time with Cable One, I spent the other half the time with Keon Communications is what the wireless broadband company was called. I, I got kind of nervous and I found this job and I'm like, I'm gonna go for it, you know, here's my opportunity to get the title and hopefully the corner office, you know, and become a vice president. Well, I got the job. And then we moved to Oklahoma and absolutely, you know, hated it. Really? <laughs> yes. We lived at the end of an old dirt road, you know, renting a house that was small and we had just had our third child and it just, nothing was right. You know, it just was a bad fit for us just all around. Your family and yeah. everybody. Mm -hmm. I, I think I was a little bit, and I, and I don't want to blame the people that got me down there, but I, I, I felt a little misled on the health of the company. Sure. And what my role was and expectations. But I was... But you got caught prisoner. up in what you... Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Going to be VP and... Yeah. So after maybe six months of working for them, I happened to call my old company, Keon Communications, and, and I just said, hey, I know that you recently bought a company based out of Omaha, Nebraska, and... You serve a lot of these states that I'm in, Oklahoma, Kansas, uh, South Dakota, some of those. And I'm like, I'm here in Oklahoma, so I know you need to build distribution and you need to talk to people and that sort of stuff. And I could do that for you. And that's kind of what you had done here in Pocatello for them? Part, well, I was a general manager here. Okay. So I had like everything from building the towers. I didn't physically do that. Right. But, you know, putting the, hiring the people and putting the equipment on and marketing, advertising, and just generally running the overall operations. Mm -hmm. um, so I called them up and I said, you need this kind of work done in all of these states and I'm willing to travel for you because this, this job is not working out for me. <laughs> and uh, the, the COO, who was my direct report, said, well, let me, let me uh, talk to the CEO and then I'll get back to you. So, couple days later he called me back and he said hey you know what we we have a position for you and it's not what we had talked about it's something else and it's it's in Omaha Nebraska because they were gonna move all of their headquarters from Las Vegas to Omaha because they purchased this company that was bigger than theirs at the time got it, so got it. so it like tripled the size of the business and and they were based in Omaha they were based in Omaha so um, they offered me the vice president of marketing of that company so I took it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we moved to Omaha okay and because it was still a you know a startup and in its infancy there was a lot of work and a lot of policies and procedures and things that weren't in but place. you felt a little more comfortable because they had acquired this larger company felt like it was not quite the startup that you had been with before with them right right yeah. that that things more security were, they were in a really good position yeah. and they were making money yeah yeah <clears throat> and I not only did I get paid pretty well to go back to Omaha and they moved us up there, but I also got shares in the company. Oh, right? yeah. So, I so got, there was some incentive. Yeah, there was a, a nice incentive for me. Um, so, we, so we took it. It wasn't, but, you know, 
a month into it that our call center manager quit. So uh, now here goes the, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we want you to take over the call center as well, but we can't pay you anymore okay. kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. So I did, you know, of course I wanted to please and I was hungry to prove right. myself. You're a go-getter. Yep, I'm a go-getter. So I was now the vice president of marketing and customer care. Right. right. About six months after that, our vice president of sales quit. Guess who got that job? That I, I can guess that would be you. That would be me. Yes. And then all of it, it just so happened then that I acquired all of the field operations as well. So we operated in 11 different states. We had seven general managers. We had in the call center 25 different people and several supervisors. So this got real big, be, like you hadn't seen it, getting, it that was going to do this. Right. It, it, it got just to be, you know, too much for me to do. And yeah. then we started acquiring companies as well, mom and pop wireless broadband companies mm -hmm. around the country or that were, you know, kind of fit into our areas that we served. And that was like rural areas, you know, small towns and stuff that didn't have fiber at the time or some sort of speed pioneering yeah so what would happen is once once the ne negotiations were done and all the papers were signed and executed and boom september 1 this company is ours i would be in that system september 1 uh by myself mainly you know cutting people <laughs> making it efficient learning their billing system, learning their engineering system, taking that information yeah. back to our Big call role. center. You were probably away from home then quite I was, a bit. Yeah, yeah, I was away from home a lot, mm -hmm. you know, and that's not very conducive to a successful marriage. And it was, I felt, you know how sometimes on Sunday night, it got to a point like towards the end before I left that on Sunday night where you kind of get sick to your yes. stomach when you think about, oh man, what's waiting for me? Yes. That, I'd feel that way seven days a week. Mm. <laughs> man, it, even if it was a Friday and I was getting ready to go home for the night and it was rare that I would spend a full weekend at home anyway, you know, I just, I felt sick to my stomach. So after three years of, of doing that and, and it was one of these things too where, you know, they, they wanted me to focus on marketing and then they said, forget marketing and focus on the call center. We need to help there. So I forget marketing and work on the call center and oh, forget the call center. Now we've got more money coming in. So mm -hmm. we need a marketing plan. Mm -hmm. So you got to go back and do that. Right. And then all of a sudden dynamic broadband and our general manager that was in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, she's threatening to quit. So then, you know, go You're there and the save place. her. And then mm -hmm. the day after I, I run over there, they call me up and they say, you know, there's, there's problems back in the engineering department in Omaha and you need to get back there and fix it. And I was, so clearly this, this was huge yeah, and you were was, running your ragged. And, and I, I basically told my boss at the time, I said, listen, I, what do you want me to do? Mm -hmm. And he said, all of it. And I said, all right, just so we understand each other and we have clear expectations, I will do everything that you ask me to do, but I will do none of it well. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, so that's it. It was just, it was really spinning plates mm -hmm. it was always running around keeping those plates spinning and never really getting anything actually accomplished because it was just it was just too much yeah and there are times where jen would say well how come you never come home until you know seven eight o'clock at night i'm like i don't because start my normal this. job until five right like the things i need to do because people are constantly calling and then we went public as well so guess who was the public relations person mm. so all of the investors if they had a question of what we were doing with their money or anything they called me yeah i imagine <laughs> that this is a challenge for anybody in a company who grows really fast and yeah. you have to wear a bunch of different hats and just work all the time yeah i i felt like i was never really able to do a great job in any one of those areas because it was it was so and getting burned out oh yeah. totally burnt yeah. out yeah so during the same time jen you are raising you guys have three children is that correct before all of this um i out of college uh did case management for people with disabilities and that was a passion of mine and it was great and i got to do it in minnesota north dakota and nebraska it traveled with every place he was taking exactly <laughs> yes um, but it was kind of hard always having to start over and figure this system out, figure this state out, figure yeah. out all this stuff. And we, uh, we had our first baby in Norfolk, Nebraska, Dakota. And we moved here when I was still on maternity leave. 
So I didn't have a job. I uh, didn't have anybody. I didn't have any friends. I didn't have anything to do. So we're like, let's try the stay-at-home thing and see how that goes. And so then throughout that, we had baby number two, Piper. And I really figured out that staying at home was a great opportunity for our family and to be there for the children and to be that mom and be that wife. But I also realized that that really wasn't the wasn't best thing for me. Fulfilling you, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so one day Rory came home um, with a card from a woman uh, that had a local magazine. Yeah, a regional parenting magazine. Yeah, and he said, you should call her. She needs a writer. And I said, I am not a writer. Absolutely not. And he's like, you have an English degree. <laughs> I, I've never written anything in my life. Everyone it was with an, an English degree. degree. <laughs> that was that was it. Yeah. And so I, he talked to me a little bit more, and I'm like, you know what? I, I I'm gonna call her. So I called her, and uh, I got a job as one of her feature writers, and it was pretty cool. I got to write about family and travel and all of the things did that, that I was doing. Did that intimidate you anyway. at all, or did you feel like you it, just figured it out? I just figured it out. Mm -hmm. It was it was exciting, and it was new, and it gave me something to do mm -hmm. instead of just be Rory's wife and the kid's mom. Right. And um, during that time, I, I really started to enjoy it, and I was good at it, and I got uh, more jobs where I was freelancing for more regional publications and then national publications, and then uh, we, right about the time you went moved over to Keon, uh, we were kind of tired of always buying children's clothes outside of our community because okay. it really wasn't a great shop that I could go to that was local. So it was online or it was out of town. And uh, another friend of mine named Jennifer was going through the same thing, and so. Neither one of us had any background in business, but we saw a need and we thought it would be fun. And we opened up Jennifer's Children's Shop in Station Square. And it was a blast. We had a great time and we had everything from maternity to size 16 youth clothes. How and fun. we had new and we had gently used and it was so much, so much excitement. And, uh, the chamber was super supportive, and even before we became members, the chamber would come down and say, how are you doing? What can we do? We, so how did you start that, though? I mean, there needs to be a little bit of a cap of capital to start a business like we, that. So was that just like off of your pulled, savings? Yes, yeah, we both mm -hmm. pulled from our savings and said, well, you know, we clearly make we'll work. make this back. <laughs> of course. Everybody does that starts right? a business. Yeah. And so uh, we actually, she... Uh, she, my partner, um, did not enjoy it as much as I do. She, she liked it, but it wasn't her passion. Yeah. And uh, we decided to sell it after a year. So exactly one year after we opened it, we sold it, um, tripled what we put into it. So it was yeah, kind it of was exciting. was a good investment, yeah. And then um, I kept writing through all of that. I started to write for the journal. I was their arts and entertainment editor and... So I got to go to the concerts and I got to go to all of the art shows and, and it was, it was a lot of fun. And then we got pregnant again. <laughs> Number three, um, Rory at this point had taken the job down in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And so the two kids and I were going to stay here with the baby until school was out. Got it. And he had already moved down there. So he was down there living in a hotel and he would come back, scheduled visits, and on a scheduled visit, we had scheduled to have the baby. And uh, we had the baby, Peyton, number three, and Rory went back to Oklahoma. And you're thinking you're gonna be moving to Oklahoma? After the school year was yes. over, mm -hmm. yep. And, uh, and it, was, it was a tricky time, because we both loved Pocatello so much, and really had found uh, a community you know, here with absolutely. you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So we ended up going down to Oklahoma with the brand new baby. She was five weeks old when we moved. And then the two, uh, six-year-old and a four-year-old. And like what Rory was it. saying, it was, <laughs> it was just such not a good fit for our yeah. family. Mm -hmm. And none of us really acclimated well. And we're the kind of people that says, y y we, we'll just make the best of it. And we'll figure it out. And it'll be fine. And 
we kept trying do it. and it just were you still writing then at this point were I you was still, okay I was mm -hmm. still writing um, not nearly as much because mm -hmm. Rory was still traveling a whole lot for work and I had the babies at home and right. and we were just trying to survive in yeah. Oklahoma yeah, yeah. and then um, when we got to go back when we went back to Nebraska we moved to Omaha and uh, I kept writing and Omaha is filled with fortune 500 companies and little by little were you freelancing or was okay. total freelance yeah. uh -huh. uh, little by little though people would contact me and say hey um we need some white papers do you do that and i would say absolutely and then i would have to look up what What's a, white a white paper, paper? was <laughs> i have no idea it's a very and, long uh, paper <laughs> yeah so i would i would say yes to all of these opportunities and just figure it out because I really didn't know any other way. Yeah. And, and I just thought that that's how everybody did it. Yeah, that's just what you've done. That's just, just what I do is, you know, sure, it sounds fun. So Rory fun. is a doer, go-getter, get everything done. You're just a figure-outer. So it's a good combination it's between the two of you. It's a great combination. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, 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 the kids got to school. The baby went to daycare part-time. I continued getting new clients. I ended up working with Lance Armstrong, the cyclist, um, Tyra Banks, To Nestle. do what? Just write for them? I did a lot of their social media. I did a lot of content for their, if they were in a magazine, I would do a lot of ghostwriting for them. Um, for Nestle, I did a lot of packaging and copywriting. It, it, it turned into this really cool opportunity that yeah, I could do from home. No, like you never saw the, any of that coming, did never, you? Never, yeah. ever considered that that would be what my life was like. So what's the message there when you put yourself out, all these opportunities come? Like had you not put yourself out there to be a freelancer, you wouldn't have had these opportunities? Not at all. Not at all. Mm -hmm. I, I, I likely would still be a stay-at-home mom trying to figure out now what should I do that the kids are all in mm -hmm. school. Mm -hmm. And... I'm glad I'm not in that position because I think that um, I can contribute so much more to our community and to other business owners and to other women. You know, as a mom, mm -hmm. I, I kind of want to just ask you, did you feel then, um, did you have the confidence going into that? I know that you said you, you would just figure it out, but did you... Did you ever doubt, like, they're going to figure, they're, like, the imposter syndrome? They're going to know I don't know what the crap I'm doing? You know, there, there was that little voice, but it wasn't very loud. And I just thought, the worst that's going to happen is I'm not going to do well. Yeah. That's yeah. the worst that's going to happen. Yeah. And so I and really... And I won't do this anymore, and I wasn't doing it before anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I have a tendency to just kind of look ahead, and, and here we go, and... I don't always think that having a plan B is the best option because then your plan A is not your primary right. focus. It's burn the boats or whatever they say. Right. Yeah. And so my plan A had to work. And so I kept growing it. I kept growing it. And it was, it was very exciting. And I kept getting more clients, more business clients. I ended up having to hire more writers. Wow. And I had no idea what I was doing, but I would say, absolutely, I can do that. And then I'd be I'll like, oh my gosh, I need more hours in the day. So or at I the need same time, help. This is when Rory's working his tail off. Like yes. the two of you guys are probably both crazy with your schedules. Right. You know, it worked out so well for me because I really was able to work primarily when the kids were at school. Uh -huh. I would get up and work at five o'clock in the morning because I would have East Coast clients that were already at the office. And I would work when the kids would go to bed because I still thought, you, that you know, my primary focus is the children. Mm -hmm. Rory can't be here very much. They need a parent to be there and be engaged and be involved. So I really scheduled myself around what the babies needed and it worked out well. Yeah. But we missed Rory an awful lot. Yeah. So your lives are crescendoing at this point. You're yes. kind of ramping up. Yeah. So I, I guess I kind of, we had all this stuff going on in the kids and I was traveling and you know, we, in our neighborhood in Omaha, the neighbors would sit out in the driveway and that kind of meant, hey, we're open for business. Come yeah, right, on over, you right. know, visit or do whatever. And right. that was how it did. So Jen and I were sitting out in the driveway one night and we had that talk that uh, couples often avoid. And she, she basically said, I didn't get married to be a single mom and that's how I felt the last two years. So something needs to change. Yeah. And that comment was the genesis of changing everything for us. You know, she had already kind of gone down the entrepreneurial path with the store, with the children's shop, and then doing all the freelance writing and everything. So 
I, uh, I, I quit my job at Keon. Like, but how did you come to that? Like, I'm sure you were making a, a good amount of money yeah. and this was the like prestigious job and you, yeah. you had the title and everything. Like, how do you come to that? We, we both said that we would be, if we had to, <sighs> we would be willing to live in a two bedroom apartment if we could have our family intact and happy and healthy mm -hmm. again because mm -hmm. we were just lacking having having my husband having the daddy it was so hard that we were both willing to sacrifice everything that we had built up to just make sure that our family could be healthy and, and happy and you weren't really loving it at this point you were fragile. Well, i hated it yeah i hated mm -hmm. what i was doing mm -hmm. and you know i i knew that uh we had you know they say what the difference between uh, a rut in the grave is about five feet. <laughs> so I felt like I was just stuck in this rut and yeah. I hated everything. And I, you know, and, and we were kind of, you know, we weren't quite the unit, the family unit that we both wanted to be and that we were before. And, and I was, there was no way. You know, once we had that talk and we started going through, and it took it took some time to talk through everything, and you know, you lay it all out on the table, and there's some hurt feelings, and there's some things said and done that you know you wish never happened. But that's Absolutely. life, absolutely right. right, and that's marriage, yeah, and yeah. that's marriage. And if and and if you don't get that out on the table, you know that just to go through everything and to lay it all out there, you're able to kind of clear the air and say, okay, what are we going to do now? And there was no denying that it was going to be us over everything else. Yeah, right. You know, mm -hmm. over money, over a big house, over a BMW. You know, that's it's great to have a big house and to have all that money, but if you don't have anybody to share it with and spend it on, and what's kind the of point? empty? Mm -hmm. I'd rather have no money and have my wife and my family. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I, I quit that job and I found another job where I took a cut in pay and it wasn't a job that I really wanted or wasn't really passionate about, but it provided for us. And I was, it was a Monday through Friday, 40 hour a week job. Mm -hmm. I was home at five, five thirty every night, no weekends, no emails, you know, all hours of the night. You found that balance that you were looking yeah. for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that really helped us out a lot. And Jen was still able to you know, work for all these other large corporations and stuff like that to the point where after two years of my new job and then her building her company, she says, you know, I, I've, I've done pretty well and I've built it up. I, I think you could quit the corporate world and we could, we could, you could come join me. So I, you know, she gave me 49% of the company. <laughs> and she kept 51 because she's like, there's no way in hell. I'm going to give you company, half of it. Right? I'm still going to be the boss. And I was fine with that. And, you know, we, we were a little, it was nerve wracking. And it's like, man, if this doesn't work, you know, what are we going to do? And how are we going to pay for the bills? Let's but, hope people still keep hiring you. Yeah. yeah. So, you know what? I, I, I quit the corporate world and we said, with what we're doing and what we're going to try to do, we could do this for, you know, from anywhere in the country. Mm -hmm. And Jen said, you know, I, I really And you're liked, in Omaha at this point. Omaha, yeah. Okay. Yeah, in Omaha. And she said, I really, really like Pocatello. You know, we were so involved in the community when we were there. I was on the arts council and a couple other things. And Jen was involved in the chamber. Well, both of us in the chamber, but we just got involved in the community and felt like we were at that age. You where, were longing for Pocatello again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the fly fish. We love the mountains. We love the rivers. We love everything that this area has to offer. It's relatively inexpensive to live here. The pace of life is a lot slower. I could never handle New York or anything like that and actually live there and try and be productive there. So uh, we just, even though we're from Minnesota and all of our family is back there, we decided to move back to Pocatello. So we did seven years ago. So that brings us to here yeah, and then how we got back. And it, it's been, it's been a great decision for us. We have never regretted coming back here and we jumped right into the community. Uh, both Jen and I are extremely involved in volunteering. So I was on the land trust for four years. I just finished up six years as the president of the Greenway Foundation, uh, president of the board. Um, 
multiple things that we've participated in. We've done corporate trainings. We've done, I don't know, all kinds of stuff, I guess. I can't even think of everything. Jen, are you still, is your company still, are you still writing? Um, I'm not writing, I'm not writing um, as much as I was by any means. Um, And it has shifted. It started out as Westward Writing. And then when Rory joined us, we renamed the company to E Squared Creative, E for Urchel. Oh, uh-huh, got it. And, um, and that's when the digital focus really took hold. And so he brought along knowledge of, uh, you know, the marketing and all websites that. Websites yeah. and mm-hmm. social, or the, I did social media, but the websites <clears throat> and content creation, like he really brought us digital. Because I had that marketing background, yeah. right, mm-hmm. by education and through my various jobs and positions. So uh, we were able to, and, and the thing that makes our relationship even right now, like our business relationship work so well, is that we both have a different skill set that just kind of overlaps a little bit, right? right. So she has Compliments. expertise and things and knows things that I don't and vice versa. So when I joined her company and we moved here... Um, like I would develop all the websites, but she'd do all the content, right? I right. could, I can write, yeah. but she would write better and yes. she would go through <laughs> and change everything. So I could do the SEO stuff on the backside of all the websites. She would do the, the content creation that goes out on all the social media. So yeah. we did, uh, man, the first couple of years we were doing, you know, 30 websites, a uh, a year we had clients on retainer from all over the country right we do these little off jobs for different people and and just i remember uh one client was like you know we need some videos done can you guys do videos and and we were like absolutely we can <laughs> and you, and you know it what <laughs> we get in the car and we're like oh what now what are we gonna do so we go buy a camera we buy a green screen we buy and i you know i google everything right? yeah so right. i Thank watch goodness. some videos on yeah. how to do it we bought the software to edit it, and lo and behold, now I'm now I'm doing videos too, right? So we could do all of that sort of thing as well. Did any so all of this? You know, I hear you guys talk about how you just figured it out. Did it not freak you out at any point? Like, I, I just think about myself thinking, I, I don't know if I can pull this off. So Rory, for a little while, was so used to how corporate worked. Yeah, that's it. That he would say, Jen, we need this. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is a small business. and this you, don't, is, you don't have to have a policy manual and all of this is other small, stuff. This <laughs> small potatoes. So we're not buying all of this equipment. It works well. I've got a pen and a paper and a computer and a printer. So figure it out because this is what we're working with. Yeah. And after a while, he got comfortable saying, okay, we just make do with what we've got. And he got more comfortable with that. But he's the one that tends to get a little bit stressed and get a little bit worried and be a little bit more uh, concerned about, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? How's this going to work? And you're more laid back. And I'm like, hey, you know what? It's going to work out. It's one way it's or another, so good, it will if you work were out. Both high anxiety, it probably would. You, we probably you would not be this. doing what yes, we're doing. Yes, it's a good balance. It's right. a very good balance. So you know, he will he will mm-hmm. kind of elevate my um, concerns and kind of bring me to the table once in a while and say, "Hey, we, like, how we really are we should doing? pay attention we gotta to this." We got to figure this out, mm-hmm. and I can kind of bring him down a little bit because yeah, he yeah, can, yeah. you know, get a little. Oh my yeah. gosh! And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it'll be okay. So obviously, you had a lot of exposure with your volunteer being involved in the community with several different business people around. Um, is that what led you to? Uh, you're not clearly restaurant. <laughs> ownership is not in this we you we've just gone through this whole list yeah, no, that's well, not anywhere in there well before we even get to the restaurant we'll tell you about another company that we own okay. so you know once once i left that corporate world and, and we started working really well with each other and understanding how it all works and, and jen was absolutely right i was like we got to do this we got to do that she's like all right no we don't you know we don't but we learned very quickly that it's like it's uh working without a net right? We have no safety net. We still don't. So it's like, 
we have to work every day because I can't stand at the water cooler BSing with people and then expect a paycheck on Friday. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work that way. It's all in your hands. So we're out, we were always looking at, you know, what can we do to diversify? What can we do to have multiple revenue streams coming in? So if something doesn't work, we can at least rely on these other things. And we had come up with a, kind of right away in the, in the beginning, we had come up with a, a business concept that was going to be, I thought, just kind of a game changer in the way that people were marketing and doing it themselves and how affordable it could have been. Uh, we had a, a lease on a database of, I want to say it was like 23 million different cell phone numbers. And, you know, if, if Jennifer's children shop, for example, she wanted to do some marketing, she, and this is before a lot of this, you know, Facebook advertising and all that kind of stuff, but it's the same sort of concept where you would go in and you would build your ad and you would pick your demographics. Target. And, mm -hmm. Yeah, you target specifically, you know, five miles within the location of my shop or whatever it was, women, age group, presence of children or pets. You pick that dem those demographics and then the system would shoot back up uh, say, hey, there's a thousand people in your area that match that criteria. Okay. It was $300 to send a text message to them. Yeah. You know, so you did it all yourself and I was part of, I was a part of a company that was a database company, right? So they mined data and sold it to people for telemarketing. Don't get mad at me for that. <laughs> I didn't start that business. I just happened to be in it for a little bit. So, um, 30 days before we were, we were going to launch that company and it only took Jen and I to run it. You know what I mean? Because it was all done with credit cards yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. So we just have to market it and advertise it and get it out online and let people use it. Uh, 30 days before that had, was about to launch, the government had changed their laws on the Telephone Consumer Protection Act saying that you needed express written consent. So I had talked to a couple lawyers, you know, what could we do? And they're like, well, you can send an email to all 23 million people. And I'm like, that's not even possible. So wow. I think at that time we had invested maybe about $30,000 oh, in programming no. and everything. And it all went away. And oh, my gosh. Done. So that was one of our first, uh, other than doing E-Squared Creative, that was one of our first ventures into doing something else. You know, yeah. Working with programmers, yeah. figuring it out. What, how was this going to work? Quite a journey. Yeah. And then... Uh, and then it didn't work. And it didn't work. <laughs> so um, that, was, that was a failure, you know, that we learned from. Did it kick your butt? Like, did you have to kind of pick I was yourself depressed. up after? Yeah. I was depressed because I thought for sure that that was, that was going to be that a moneymaker. There's uh -huh. almost no cost to it other than the initial cost yeah. and then keeping up with the database. It was a the, sure thing. Yeah. It was like, wow, this is going to be a game changer, you know, because now we're targeting people on their cell phones and everybody yeah. had a cell phone. And this was, you know, seven, eight years ago. And so it doesn't work. You're... It didn't work. No. Yeah. And so we where's your legally, head? we couldn't do it. Yeah. Where's your head? So it was just like, okay, let's refocus and let's keep doing what we're doing and something will come along and we have this idea to, uh, to promote locally owned and operated businesses here in town. Okay. You know, locally owned op restaurants, locally owned uh, businesses. So we started a, a small initiative that was ad-based called My Local Pocatello and we still, we still do it. Um, but we don't have, we haven't focused as much on that as we did right at the beginning but <clears throat> it's really to promote and educate people on why it's important to buy local and stay local and support your local neighbors because yeah you know so you, you never see uh you'll never see texas roadhouse on the back of a kid's jersey right, right. you see volanos or you see molinelli's or whatever mm -hmm. these are the people that support the local community and the kids so we thought that that was very important and uh, we started up that initiative and got that running. And then we had an opportunity to uh, work with a couple people that had an idea for a, a swing training product. Yeah. But they, didn't, they had the idea. They didn't know anything swing about Swing as in like bat swing or golf yeah, swing. Yeah, golf swing. Uh -huh. So we, a, a mutual acquaintance. Are they local? Acquaintance. Yeah. Uh -huh. A mutual acquaintance, and this is another funny story too, but a mutual acquaintance introduced us to them and they needed help with a website and marketing and all that, but you they didn't can have do the that. money. Mm -hmm. So we basically were able to uh, strike a deal with them and, and we took over a portion of the business and we, we became partners. And 
through that partnership, we overlooked a couple things that we should have been a little bit more, you know, from Jen and I's perspective and on top of and, and ended up uh, in a pretty bad situation and losing a lot of money to these gentlemen and uh, hired a lawyer. We own the company. And during that process, we have a, we got a patent. So now we, not, not only are we uh, smarter and educated in what mm -hmm. to look for and what to watch for. When you have don't a partnership. Trust, mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't trust everybody like you think that you can. I, darn it. I yeah, thought, darn I it. mean, that's the way that we could work just yeah, on a shan yeah. handshake and yeah. But, but through that process, so this, this product is called Shoot Trainer and that's the name of the company. And mm -hmm. we, we make a product for golf and baseball and softball and and it's really about increasing club head speed. So you, the, the concept and the idea behind it is that you, you see the guys that run that sprint with yeah, the big parachutes the shoots, behind uh -huh. We took that same concept and we adapted it for golf and throwing and uh, swinging a baseball bat or a lacrosse stick where you clip a small shoot on the end of a golf club prior to playing. You swing it six to eight times and it will increase most people's swing speed club head speed by five to ten miles an hour which means more because of the resistance the yeah because mm -hmm. of the resistance and yeah it's not a ton of resistance but just, just the enough. right right amount that will fire your fast twitch muscles yeah so muscle Great. fibers so we man we once we got into this we found the manufacturing we did the design work and how because this again work? you guys just figure it out because we just figure it <laughs> out and, and that's 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 kind of That's been kind the, of the motto. Jen mm -hmm. started the, the children's shop and we were with my boss having dinner. And he's like, well, tell me about this children's shop. Boy, that's exciting. And she says, the first thing is, I don't know anything about business. And he deadpan serious. He says, you don't need to. You just do it and figure it out. Mm -hmm. So we think about that all the time. And that's kind of been our mantra. Mm -hmm. And like I said, we've it's been able off. to, yeah, mm -hmm. we've been able to in the past, you know, make promises and make commitments to people, well, not what, knowing what, how we're going to do it, but we always do it. What I love about that is I think that so many of us are looking for every little detail to be planned out. It has to right. be so certain before we make a move. And then we get paralyzed with indecision and whatever. And yeah. I think it's a great lesson in just move forward. Just, you know, just figure it out. If it doesn't work, go a different way. Um, but we get so paralyzed in that fear that it holds a lot of us business owners back. Right. With like shoe trainer, I mean, now we're into manufacturing and design <laughs> and course. working with people and what's the right size? How do you redo this? And, and it's just, it's material, right? It's, here are some of the examples of them right now. Yeah. Um, you know, doing design work and creating the boxes and stuff. Yeah. It's all So tell me about we... Shoot Trainer. Is Where can we find this? In any kind of sport, so, sporting well, place? Well, you can find it online at ShootTrainer.com. Uh -huh. So it's C-H-U-T-E Trainer.com. We're on eBay. We're on Amazon. But having gone through that, that hiccup with our former partners really set us back. And that was another devastating... Uh, discovery to find it was out a, that you've been a hundred thousand dollar devastating yeah, discovery yeah. wow that so you know, on the heels of one that you just had yeah yeah so it's one of those things too where we always laugh it's like you know we've had money and we've had no money and, yeah you know and that's kind of the the upset but the somehow we always make it right yeah. we're still able to provide for our family and pay the mortgage and good and and uh move forward but we went and then going through the patent process right we had never done that before too and that was a good year and a half two mm -hmm. years of reading patents yeah discovery hiring a gr we had a great patent lawyer jason flag is his name and he lives up in rexburg or rigby now but i have heard that I, he, he is yes he heard is of him. wonderful he was just such a and that's another great thing i mean even though we were going through such a a devastating hurtful angry situation with former partners and and really despising them and having a negative personal opinion of them. Um, we met Jason Flagg, who was just the kindest, generous. He redeemed humankind. Yeah, I mean, right? He really and, did. And then we, yeah. then we were traveling too. We were going to golf shows. So we'd go to Vegas, we'd go to Spokane, we'd go to Boise. We started doing all these shows and meeting all these great people. So we were picking up a lot of momentum and we were getting interest for, you know, investors and we were selling a lot of these things. Getting in retail stores. Getting in retail stores. We were in 17, 18 mm -hmm. golf shops across the country. So at this and point, this happened in 
um, everything kind of stopped yeah. because because we didn't have the fi- we didn't have the funds to no, keep to it, make going. it going. Yeah. Did you when you were in that partnership when it was really ramping up? Were you thinking, okay, this is it. This is what this is going to be my future. Yeah. I'm going to be yeah, in sporting goods stores and whatever. Yeah. yeah. We were going to build it and sell it. Yeah. And we were going to sell it to Nike or Under Armour sure. or some big company that was going to pay us millions for it, and we were going <laughs> to relax and drink. Maybe you know. it will still happen. Yeah. Maybe it might. Yeah, you know? Never say never. Yeah, never say never. So we're thinking we'd sell it and then have gin and tonics on our deck every night. But you still have it now. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> so, but we, you know, and everything that we've done, we get more confident in our abilities, in our in our yeah. way to figure it out. And again, I mean, Jen has been like the perfect partner for me because of everything that we talked about and. Mm-hmm. Just when I'm like, how are we going to do this? She comes up with the idea or that, you know, I have an idea. I mean, we are, we are workers and mm-hmm. we enjoy working. We don't really enjoy sitting down in front I of the TV. I can tell. And being yes. Bored. I think the listeners have yeah. totally got that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so then, you know what? We, we had to step back from shoe trainer and we had to take some time and figure out how we were going to move forward and what we were going to do. So things really slowed down in the sales area and we weren't, out promoting and pushing and getting into stores but we did um introduce the bat shoot and did it online and that's become our number one seller and we were able to keep the business afloat Mm -hmm. and not necessarily making tons of money from Mm -hmm. it but you know enough to keep the business viable and to continue moving it forward and saying that this we're going to focus on this so last uh probably a year and a half ago Jen and I were having a discussion and we said all right now is it you know we're gonna we're gonna focus on this and we're gonna be committed to this and we were close to having an investor that was gonna put in a half a million dollars and backed out at the last minute that that was hurtful so you go through you know six ups three and four, downs six and months and of negotiating <laughs> mm-hmm. and giving financials and discussing and talking to all of his people because he's a kind of a big wig down in in texas and owned a lot of different things you know car dealerships and stuff like that and uh that, that was that was hard when he finally had to right like the day before we were going to close on the deal he he said no, his, his partner that came in at the very end decided yeah. that we weren't oh, going to do shoot. the deal so that and that was going to be the thing that was going to take it over the edge so now another disappointment and another thing that didn't work for us so okay back to the drawing board well uh now we kind of get to the restaurant and what we're doing with this. Uh, years ago, Jen and I always thought, wouldn't it be kind of fun if we had like a tap room? You know, breweries and microbrews are a big thing and happening all over the country. And I said, I don't want to brew beer and I don't want to do that kind of stuff. Why don't we just sell beer that other people are making, right? It's not a unique concept, but nobody was doing that in 2005 here in Pocatello. Yeah. We had a brewery. But we didn't have a lot of places that were like lots of taps, you know, of regional craft beer. And that's what we wanted to do. And and more of an adult setting. Yeah. You know, we're not a college kid hangout. We don't want people getting crazy. We just want grownups to have a place where they can go and enjoy themselves. And it's kid friendly. You can bring your family in and get some burgers and that's what we wanted. We wanted a place where we would be comfortable going instead of walking in, the music's too loud, we're the oldest ones in there. Right. It's mm-hmm. not our scene. Right. Just a place to, to meet up with your friends. Just a, a nice grown-up establishment. Yeah, so right. you'd had this vision. You're yeah. like, this would be nice to do. Yeah. yeah. And we had talked about it for about 10 years. We looked at spaces, you know, and there's just nothing. Right. We wanted to do it here in Old Town, and we always thought the back of this Hotel Yellowstone was the perfect place because had the tables, it had the chairs, it had so the So you even had, had that it. kind of in your head yeah, about we where you wanted to be. Yeah. But the space wasn't available. And uh, through our involvement in the chamber and a lot of other things, we ended up meeting our, our partner, Mike McCormick, uh, two years ago. And he was involved with a couple people that were looking at doing a brewery. So we're like, you don't want to do a brewery because <laughs> the capital intensiveness of yeah, it right. and having all the equipment, all the equipment mm-hmm. and finding the right space to fit all that equipment in and how much money goes into that. And after talking with him for a little bit, he goes, yeah, you know, you're right. That That is a lot. I said, let's just... We have an idea. <laughs> yeah, let's just buy beer. And, and it's the uh, wonderlust, you know, that, yes. that kind of idea. And that was our idea 10 years ago. Not that it was our idea because it was a... It was your idea for Pocatello. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> 
so um mike's like i like that you know so we talked about it and he said we and did would, you tell him this is the space that we want yeah and, yes. he, and he knew it too because yeah. he had also looked at this space with the other guys that he was working with uh-huh. regarding the brewery so uh we got along really well with him and we said okay let's let's work towards this so we talked about it and worked towards it for about a year and a half you know nothing was were you a little nervous based on your previous experience with n- a partner not anymore we're not nervous <laughs> about anything anymore just do it <laughs> you just do it and, it and and we learn we learn from yeah, our you know mistakes what and to ask. experiences and yeah. We yeah. try to always bring that forward with us. Yeah. yeah. Going through an embezzlement, for example, is a very expensive education. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine. lawyers and everything oh, like that. Boy. But uh, we, we were able to come out on top, and that was the good thing. So we, you know, we own the company, shoe trainer, we own yeah. the patent. Yeah. Not a lot of people can say that they own a patent, and we right. can. Uh, but coming back to this, uh, a little over a year ago, we had an opportunity to, to, to get into this business so we had um you know it was we were hoping to do the tap room idea that was that was how it all initially started but it was presented to us that we have to do you know the restaurant and everything or nothing wow and uh that was a little more than you had wanted yeah it was a little more than we wanted but jen and i and mike uh said all right this is a great opportunity it's more than we thought but but we'll figure it we'll out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. And we're, we're like, well, who here has restaurant experience? And Jen was like, well, when I was 16, I was a hostess at Denny's for two weeks. There and we're you like, go. good enough. That's it. We know everything we need to know to get started. <laughs> so oh. we. So for all of you, all of you working at Denny's right now, just know right. that you may have a restaurant in there your future. future. There is a yeah. possibility of it turning into something much bigger. So we we have never worked in a bar. We had never worked in a restaurant other than Jen doing that. We know we knew nothing about this business, and uh, from the time that we had the opportunity and signed all the partnership agreements and the paperwork and everything, to the time that we remodeled, uh, hired all of the staff, did the menus, find found all the purveyors, got all the insurance, everything that you need to do to run a restaurant, which is extremely you know, there's a lot of moving parts. It's right. It's the napkins and it's the floor mats and it's uh, the chemicals for the dishwasher. Yeah, and stuff. how does all that equipment work? And, and what how works about and a what chef? Work. And a chef. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. key. Luckily, yeah. we luckily we knew a chef here in town, uh, Dan Holman, and uh, he he's just been phenomenal. You know, for us. And you pitched him the idea, and he was like, "I'm there." And he's like, "I'm in." Yeah, if you can meet this certain amount that I'm asking for, yeah. then, then I'm there. And he came in, handled all of the kitchen stuff, and we all Thank together goodness. hired yeah. the staff. Yeah, but he runs that because he can organize all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, the two weeks at Denny's didn't quite set you up for all. No, not, no. Mm-hmm. I learned how to pour a good cup of coffee. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, <laughs> that translates. Yeah, right. from from the time we had the opportunity and we said yes to the time that we remodeled and hired everybody and got everything going was five and a half weeks. Wow. And that's dealing with the liquor license and all that kind of stuff, which we had no idea in the state and insurance. How complicated that all, was. It's, it's a it's a big it's a right. big thing, you know. So. Right. We started the, a year ago, it was September 12th is when we opened. So we opened the Yellowstone restaurant in the, in the Yellowstone or what we call the Y Lounge, as well as here where we're sitting in this beautiful original uh, hotel lobby room from 1915 that hasn't changed at all. Yeah, it's lovely. Uh, we have the, the whiskey room and we feature 185 different bottles at this point and that's always fluctuating depending on what we can get in and what, what we can't get anymore. So this has been, uh, all these spaces has been really successful and, and we've been extremely happy. So it was, Pocatello was the need of something like this. Yeah, I think so. I think it was interesting because when we, when we were talking about it and when we first opened up, um, I'm chair of our chamber. So I would talk to a lot of business folks in, in our community and say, oh my gosh, we're, we're going to do this. And we had a lot of people say, it's never going to work. You guys are going to fail. Pocatello is not ready for something like this. Pocatello can't support something like this. Don't do it. Didn't that freak you out? Um, it just made me more determined to make You're it work. You're going to prove it. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I, please don't tell me no, because mm-hmm. then I have to prove that I can. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. And and it was it was pretty exciting because it 
it's working. Yeah. And there's definitely a need for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even some of the people that said, don't do it. This is a horrible idea. They've come in and said, I'm, we're so glad you did. Don't this. you love that? I yes. mean, you just knew, I, I think that's a great story of so many of us in business. Yep. We just have this feeling like it's going to, it's going to be okay. I uh -huh. don't know why, but I know it's going to be okay. And yeah. oh, I love that you just went forward with it. Yeah. 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 And boy, you know, we've made mistakes in here yeah, well, and yeah, yeah. we have, you know, we'll be up until three, four in the morning sitting right here trying to figure out how to correct something that we did wrong or how to make something better. And we have come to the conclusion that we can't listen to absolutely every person that comes in with a good idea because then it gets so muffled yeah, and so diluted need, in what you really want to do. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So we needed to figure out what the experience was that we wanted our guests to have and then just stick to it. And we've gotten pretty good at defining the spaces Mm -hmm. figuring out our menus, determining what's available in what space, and turning this into the best bar hopping opportunity in Pocatello. It's all under one roof. Yeah. Three separate bars, <laughs> yeah, yeah. two different restaurants. It's it's something for everyone, and we get to be a part of it every day, which yeah. is so super cool. Yeah. It's so exciting here. And, it is and exciting. Even though we have a lot of alcohol in this in this building, so the Union Tap Room is really focused on craft beer and beer. 26 the, taps plus yeah, a cooler of 26, beer. Yeah. And then here in the Whiskey Room, there's 185 bottles of whiskey, so we focus on that. Then we have the dining room up front, and we do provide food uh, in the Union Tap Room, more like a bar and grill type of a pub food. And we're revamping our menu and we're adding to that here. So in September, we'll have a, a much more robust uh, pub food menu over there. But then the Y Lounge up front is a full service bar with everything. And Premium meat. cocktails and great wines and and a full menu. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, there really is a space for everyone, yeah, even right. for people that don't drink. We have our temple-worthy mocktails, <laughs> and so everybody gets a, an opportunity to have a fancy drink at the yeah, table. Yeah. And you know, we've had so many parties come in, and and half of the guests will say, you know, we don't want a drink ticket because we're not going to drink any wine or beer. And we're like, oh, you do want a drink ticket <laughs> because you're going to have a mocktail, and you're going to want another one. <laughs> they come back in and they're like, we we want one of those mocktails yeah, right. again, and it's so nice to be able to. You be serve that place everybody. for everyone Absolutely. Yeah. and just augment what's already going on downtown and say, you know, there are so many different restaurants and the more we work together and, and the more traffic we get down here, the better off everybody will be. So we don't see ourselves in competition with anybody. We just see ourselves as, as somebody you're, that you're can help unique. lift up yeah. and, and really, you know, push the drive to get people into old town and, and celebrate the, the locally owned businesses that we have. Yeah, it's so fantastic. I yeah. appreciate that so much. We, we don't, I think our goal in all of this is, is not really, you know, it's really hard to make money in the, in the restaurant business and this kind of a thing. And somebody told me one time, it says, I know how to make a, I know how to make a small fortune in the restaurant business. I'm like, oh yeah, how is that? And he said, uh, you start with a large fortune. <laughs> so I was kind of like, oh my gosh, you know, that's, that's a little bit true. But, our purpose for doing this is, as Jen said, is to augment all the great other things that are happening in Old Town, to be another place to bring people to Old Town, because we love this area. And as anybody knows it's been to any other city, the downtown, Old Town, Old Market areas is, is where people are starting to congregate and go to because it's unique and it's different. And they don't make stuff like you look around this no, room right no, now, you'll amazing. never see another light. They don't make them like that yeah, anymore. Yeah. But uh, we, want a, we want a great space for people to come and have a wonderful dinner, to have great conversation. And like we said, we, we want to include everybody. So even the people that come in here that don't drink, even though we have all of this alcohol in here, we have a menu for them as well. So that, as Jen said, they can still enjoy that experience without having alcohol in their drinks. And yeah, gluten-free and, and gluten -free. vegan and vegetarian. And yeah. We just want to make sure that anybody that comes in here is comfortable and able to enjoy themselves rather than have to sit aside or you know after you guys are all done eating then yeah, we'll go to a different place we don't want yeah, that it doesn't yeah. sound like that's a, that's at all mm -mm. Yeah. so so what would you guys say if you you know if you had somebody that um was young and scrappy and looking at all that you guys have accomplished 
what advice would you give to them um, to be able to chase their dreams? Like, what is it? What do um, you think? I think you have to be tenacious and authentic. I think that if you, if you truly know who you are as an individual and you can stick to that throughout your growth, then you will be okay. I think if you try to transform into what you expect other people to expect you as, it's not going to work so well. And I also think if you chase the money, that's, a, that's the wrong reason to get into any kind that's of business. a big thing that uh, we learned. Yeah. It, it, it's not about the money. And, and when that's your final focus, it often ends up failing. If it's about, you know, how can you help the community? What, what is this going to do to augment what's already there? How can you make sure that you're, you're helping the, the individuals that are looking for work? If you can go into it with an almost... Um, a servant kind of servant attitude. leadership mm -hmm. and servant space, I firmly believe that it, it, it works. Yeah, and it translates it, for you. It comes back to you. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what we've done. You know, we volunteer so much in our community because we believe in this community. We live here. This is our home. We're raising our children here. If we don't give back, how can we expect anything to get better? How can we, how can we have those discussions that, you know, this isn't exactly what we want, but somebody ought to do something. Well, you know, jump in and, and do it and take that time to meet these people that are trying to do the same thing. Yeah. If we all kind of hold each other's hands, things tend to work out. If we believe that we're all in competition with each other and, you know, we're not going to talk to this person or help give advice to this person who's starting a business very similar to ours, what good is it? What, that, what's the point? It's that scarcity mentality versus yeah. the abundance mentality. And I do really appreciate the abundance <clears throat> mentality because as all, sh you know, as one, as the tide rises, all ships rise Absolutely. as they say. Yeah. Um, and we really can help each other out as yeah. business, uh, just to make our communities better. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. plenty to go around. Yeah. And, and there's, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, will wait for anybody, you know, that's young and trying to start something or whatever, just also understand that there's a lot of people out there that are going to be negative yes. and are going to hope Talk you and, out of it. Yep. and <laughs> wish for your demise and mm -hmm. would like nothing more than to see you fail. It's true. And those are the people and those are the comments that always keep us going. And there's nothing more <clears throat> gratifying. I mean, having, having a big, huge bank account would be great. <laughs> That'd be pretty gratifying, but for, for Jen and I, sometimes being able to give a big middle finger to those people that were naysayers, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, because so they've driven work. you. It's not sustainable. Yeah, they've driven like, you. You know what? Yeah. Right here, Just buddy. watch this. Yeah. yeah. And, and it isn't, again, I mean, I, I think the older that we get and the more experience that we have, I think we just kind of, we, we get off a little bit on just being able to do things and yeah. just being able to do it. Yeah. And people, oh, well, you can't run a restaurant. You don't know anything about a restaurant. Well, well, we'll see. We'll figure it out. And we always know when we get in the car after those conversations, we're like, we'll show them. And we always do. <laughs> you but guys are we good failed a lot. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's the other thing is we've, we've, we've failed and we'll continue to fail, but we keep working and, and sooner or later there's success at it. And the other thing is that uh, hard work, you yeah. know, Somebody told me a long time ago that you're never going to get rich between eight and five. And, you know, there's a lot of truth to that because we get up seven, eight o'clock, sometimes earlier now that school is, and we go home at midnight, one o'clock, and mm -hmm. we do that six, Started seven days over. a week. Mm -hmm. So when people are like, oh, I'm so busy, I worked a six hour shift today. I'm like, you know what? We just, that was just a third of our day mm -hmm. because we still have another 12 hours to work. Well, and so often I think people now, you know, they don't know all the history. <clears throat> they look at you and they're like, oh, you're totally successful. Yeah. It's so easy. Yeah, it's yeah. not so easy. You've had a lot to, a lot of work to do. And you know, the, I think that, <clears throat> um, I think that the generation coming up is at such a, uh, a great space because they are actually being taught in school, hey, you can be an entrepreneur. Yeah, right. Hey, you can mm -hmm. take these different routes. When we were growing up, it was very go much college. go to college, <laughs> get a job, get married, have mm -hmm. babies. That's what your world mm -hmm. is going to look like. And we, we had the support of our parents to do well. You know, gosh, you go for that promotion. But not once did anybody say, hey, you could probably own your own business. Right. And so we really, we, we were late to the game. 
and we've had to learn so much on our own. I think that but you this brought a generation, lot of wisdom forward. Yeah. this generation coming up, they have they have better skill sets than we did. They're programming in middle school. They've got all of these opportunities to kind of it's exciting grab to see onto. What they're gonna do. And I and I hope that they are courageous and tenacious and and. You know, I just, I'm excited to see what comes next because there is a generation not far behind us that's going to take over and it's, it's super exciting. Mm -hmm. And I agree. I, 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 I just, someday I want to sit back and watch right now. I'm just in the thick You're of hot it. You're in the middle of it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's pretty exciting. It is. And the other, the other thing too, I think that a friend of mine, a friend of ours was down from Alaska here several months ago and was sitting in here and he's like, man, I can't believe that you guys did this and I would love to do something like this too and this is kind of like my dream. He says, but I can't afford to take the risk. And I said, we can't afford not to. When you work on your own and you're entrepreneurs, and I don't even know if I like being, like labeling myself as an entrepreneur, I just, you know, we, we have to work and we have to make it work because again, we don't, we don't get a paycheck every two weeks, right. you know, unless we work. Yeah. Sometimes taking that <clears throat> risk is exactly what you need to and do. And that, that's what it is. A lot of people are, are not willing to take the risk, but at the, at the end of our days, at least Jen and I, you know, for us anyway, whether, whether we make a lot of money and that's not the end game, but that, you know, but it, whether we make a lot of money or we don't, <clears throat> at least we'll be able to say, we did, like Frank Sinatra, we did it our way and we did what we wanted to do and we failed and we fell on our faces and we made mistakes, but yet we were successful in these other things. And, and it's all, we're all equal at the end anyway. Yeah. Just doing the best we can. Just doing the best we can. So we don't think that we're great or we don't think that we're smarter or better than anybody else. This is just what we do. We like to work and we like to say, Hey, maybe this restaurant thing will work out. Maybe <laughs> we'll open up another one. Yeah, who knows? You know, we'll go to Bozeman. And that's one of the reasons, you know, one of the several reasons why we called it the Yellowstone, because we love this area. And could be all over. It could be in Bozeman and Helena and Missoula. Who knows? Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's just been so fun to get to know you and to listen to your journey. And I know probably really we were only able to scratch the surface of all of the details that you guys could have given us. I'm exhausted just interviewing you <laughs> well, and listening to it. <laughs> but I'm anxious to see what the next thing is that you guys are involved with, what happens with the Yellowstone and everything that you're doing. We know that you will make it work. And in the meantime, while you're doing that, also serve the community and all ships rise. So thank you so much for your service and, and bringing um, this business to the community and, and your talents. So thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. This has been fun. Good. As a reminder, this show is sponsored by Oswald Service and Repair located in Idaho Falls in Rexburg. If you're looking for honesty and integrity in automotive repair with top-notch customer service, you guys know there's only one place to go. So come and see us and let our family take care of your family. Thank you for listening to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Oswald Service and Repair. For all your car care needs in Eastern Idaho, let our family take care of yours. www.oswaldserviceinc.com